Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Mike Monsu, and I'm joined, as always, by my excited, happy, fun-loving co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a new discography per episode. And today, we'll be discussing every album. One whole album. <laughs> by Lauren Hill. Who? A.K.A. Miss Lauren Hill. Fuck that. Sorry. <laughs> this, is, uh, yeah, this, is, this is a slight continuation on our Fuji's episode. Go check that one out. We did that one uh, a while back at this point. I, didn't yeah, how long. So I was surprised by Mike's reaction to that. I was like, ooh, I don't, I don't think he'll have the same reaction to Lauren Hill, but I am, I'm interested. So I wasn't like, a, I wasn't too big on, on Fuji's. Uh, I liked it. I, I respected it. It's just not something I want to go back to a, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. This is a different thing. It's entirely. a whole different it's, beast. It's a whole genre that I don't like, yeah. but I got some thoughts. Nice. I got some thoughts. Nice. I'm very excited to talk about it. I'm so excited for this episode, Alex. I wasn't expecting. See, that's Dude. why. That's why we do things like this. Dude, it's so like just the the fucking history, the actual album itself, mm-hmm. everything around it, by, by what it is now. By oh. far, one of the biggest albums we've covered. Oh yeah, especially compared to what we've been we've been doing some real obscure deep history last week was a little rough (laughs) yeah it's so this is a complete 180 oh complete and utter complete and utter uh but i'm really excited before we get into anything if you want to support us you want to support us i know you want to support us please like the video if you like it share it if you want leave comments if you hate us leave comments if you like us whatever you want i don't fucking don't care just leave comments goddamn we need the algorithm (laughs) to notice us i also subscribe too uh you can uh, find a well, not not a playlist. You can find the whole album, the whole <laughs> the whole one album by Lauren Hill in the description. We usually have plays associated with uh, every episode, almost every episode. You can find all those at everyalbumever.com. And if you'd like to support us, please, we need it. Patreon.com slash everyalbumever. There you can get bonus episodes, a bunch of bonus episodes. Uh, super duper early access to the Loose Ends episodes. This could have been a Loose Ends, but we did. No, no. It's, t- it's too big. It could have been a Loose Ends, but it is. it needs to... It needs its own. It needs thing. its own thing. Uh, we have a bunch of loose ends episodes hanging out there right now uh, for this foreseeable future. Really, twenty uh, percent off all our merch. You get to see our schedule in advance, vote on polls, and if you're tier two, if you're bigger than Jesus, then you can suggest artists for us, and we will actually cover them. Uh, there's too many. Uh, we have too many. There's too many things. We can't. Yeah, we're two men. We're two men with small brains. We can't possibly listen to all this music. But if you pay us, we will find a way to do it. So <laughs> please do that. All right. Lauren Hill, yes. Lauren Hill, the one of the least likable people in music, really. <laughs> I I don't know about that. She hasn't really like. I think if we're doing like, you know, she did like one illegal thing. I don't I don't judge people by the what the legality of things. I don't give a fuck about that. I I mean more of her fucking attitude. I her, mean like her meanness. <laughs> One of the most interesting characters in all of music, though, like by far. Oh, for sure. I mean, if this, you know, if she is bipolar and from what I've read, she she may as well be. Might as well be. And she's combating it through spirituality. I don't recommend that for anybody. No, I wouldn't either. And that's only because I grew up with someone who was severely mentally ill, who was severely spiritual, and it got violent. And it's not mm-hmm. a very 
good combination. And it's oftentimes that is the combination. Like they go hand in hand. That happens a lot. Sure. And so it makes me think she definitely has something. So yeah, if you're mentally ill, uh, get, you know, get treated, please. Um, and yeah, you know, she's rich. She can afford to take months off and experiment with what meds will and won't make her feel good. Unlike other people where maybe it's like, oh, shit, if I if I go on that, I'm going to feel like shit. I can't go to work. I can't. Oh, know. yeah. Yeah. It, I, I understand the struggle in finding what's right for you and your body. Yeah, I digress. Yeah. Uh, brutal. But anyways, yes, we covered the Fugees. I I like the score. It's, you know, all the hype. I think the hype was a little uh, too too much hype. Too I, much hype I, for you. I think it's a little overrated. I do enjoy it. I think it's cool. It has a lot there. I really enjoyed the first album, oddly enough. I don't, I don't think it's like amazing, but I, mm. I found myself liking it a lot. Uh, this record is full-on R&B. A lot of hip-hop on it, but I'd say more hip, R&B than hip-hop. I, at its core, yes, it's, it, it's soul R&B, but I think it does go in some, like, unexpected places yes. not not anywhere like too like that's gonna make people uncomfortable or like oh no. that's so like genre bending but and even then and i don't like r&b at all even then this is fucking mad undeniable like this is oh wow a, a, yeah it's really fucking good and again i don't this is not like converting me i'm not mm-hmm. a fan of r&b and soul now but there is just some shit where like there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with this. This is really well written. Performances are bananas. Sure, it's everything is on point. Yeah, this is very, very fucking good. I have, I have some nitpicks. There's a couple oh, yeah. things I don't like for sure, but as a whole, I mean, it is very long. But as a whole, it's it nails what it does. It's really diverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't, even though it's all very soulful, uh, it tackles a lot of different subgenres within that. A little little flourishes here and there. A lot of lot of lot of instrumentation. A lot of different instruments. Uh, and overall, I think it works very fucking well. I, I don't think it's the greatest album in the world the way it's kind of praised as, but I do but think also, it's quite great. Kind of it, like it's er, like yes, I I would agree. Where I'm not like oh, this is like in my top 100 or whatever, but it definitely earns that praise amongst the people who do enjoy it, I think. Yeah, no, if, that's the thing. Like, if if you already are into that, this is a, this is a glorious masterpiece undertaking, like a, a massive undertaking, mm-hmm. and one of the greatest achievements in that genre, 100%. Even I could see that, and I, sure. I don't even fucking care for it. Uh, although I do still like the album a lot. Um, if we're going to go into a little bit of backstory, it's time for fucking Tom's History Corner. I'll find a better name for that someday, but not today. Not today. Our boy Tom Osmond, who he was his first time with us, being our history guy, was on our last last week's episode, Septic Death. Um, yeah, he's now our history guy. He gives us gives us a little bit of space to to focus on the music, and he can tackle all the details, all the backstory, all the gossip. Mm-hmm. And he's done that here. Uh, so thank you, buddy. You can find it all of his writing. Hold on, I, I fucking wrote it down so I wouldn't miss it. You can find all of his writing on Substack at Tom Osmond's, whatever comes next. Uh, he writes about music, he's a music journalist, as well as a musician, because he has a fucking new record called So Much for All in a Day's Work. You can find, uh, you find it on Spotify, everywhere else. You can find a link in, in the description as well. Good stuff. He's a great musician. He's a great songwriter. And you can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tom Osmond Sounds. But now for his stuff. So he got a lot of this... Um, 
A lot of, lot of, lot of information here. A lot of it's from the website, from uh, Discogs, Wikipedia, fucking Pitchfork, and a lot of it is from uh, what really happened to Lauren Hill episode of Real Reality Gossip. Mm. So this is this is this is Tom saying this. Uh, a lot of this is salacious and gossip filled from that show because I guess that's what they do. It says uh, he says I I watched Real Reality Gossip. What really happened to Lauren Hill? This video made me feel somewhat dirty. As the name of the ch- channel suggests, this isn't all the president's men. That said, there seems to be enough evidence that Lauren Hill, Miss Hill has been through some turbulent times, not to mention a success, succession of unsavory men who may have preyed on her over the years, to say the least. Uh, there's also a mini novel, otherwise known as a wiki entry. They can happily get lost and decided against adding any of that here, but there's plenty more detail. Okay. Um, so what we know already of Lauren Hill. Yes. From New Jersey. Jersey. Um, this is an interesting. Apparently, according to the real reality gossip uh she appeared on showtime at the apollo when she was thir- showtime at the apollo when she was 13 and they booed and they her. booed her <laughs> they booed her as she's saying uh smoky robinson's who's loving you which is first of all showtime at the apollo the meanest show in all of television it's the craziest <laughs> it's not still on is it i don't think it's still I on i don't know i know it's still like a legendary venue but just yeah crazy concept for a show I, it, it's like it's a, it seems like it's a, like a fairly product like productive and encouraging concept for a show. Like you go up there, you fucking do your thing. You live and die yeah. by the audience. But the audience is brutal. They're so <laughs> it's the funniest shit ever. Yeah. So this is another interesting note. Uh, he, uh, Tom says, interesting, interestingly enough, I watched another history of Miss Hill and they brought up the showtime of the Apollo appearance without mentioning her getting a bad reception. The real reality gossip video seems to lean into any possible indications of drama. Ultimately, there are people, uh, there are all people, these are all people on the outside giving their own perspectives, which should all be taken with a pinch of salt. So mm-hmm. everything that we're taking from this show, they're really trying to get it juicier mm-hmm. than usual. Mm-hmm. Not that this woman isn't juicy. Mm-hmm. And she juicy, dude. She ju- she real juicy. But I'm sure a lot of this is a little bit exaggerated. Um, how she even met uh, Pras Michel and Wycliffe Jean are, is already sketch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because well, she was like 12 or 13 when Pras first met her. And uh, I, I guess like he told his her mom that he'd like take her under his wing and look after her. Which is like, I don't know how old he was. I, I didn't say here, but... Uh, apparently when he introduced her to Wyclef, he had to say, you can't seduce her. All right, buddy. She's off limits. And she was a little young, a little young. Mm, the sound. Mm, yeah. Uh, according, according to, to Tom, he uh, he says, apparently Proz told Wyclef he wasn't allowed to seduce, to just seduce Lauren. Um, suggestion being that that was very much his MO. The fact that he honored that promise for a few years anyway, and he kept himself busy in the meantime, having sex with other women they were making music with kind of supports that he's a bit of a predator. So <laughs> and this all reality gossip. This is his input based on that. Oh. Quote. Like, so what Tom also adds, he says that he got the sense from the video that, uh, Wyclef is a little bit, no, nah, he's not unlike Elvis, Jerry Lewis, Jimmy Page, Steven Tyler, or Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, basically, if there's grass on the pitch, we play ball, as he says. Gross. Gross. 
Gross. <laughs> but I didn't know but, that about that. That them too at all. But Phil, you know, music's filled with those characters. Sure is. Oh, it absolutely is. And uh, I mean, we talk gets talked about a little bit more now, but not this particular case, which is mm-hmm. interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a little jarring. Uh... <laughs> We've been left speeches. We haven't even started, and it's already like no. Interesting. But yeah, looks like, you know, that leads us into the Fuji's. Yeah, the Fuji's. Properly. Yeah. So um, I don't know too much about that because because we already covered that. Yeah. Um, I do know that there was a little bit of issues with the band. Mm -hmm. And yeah, going into this, she she would write songs for like uh, Whitney Houston, stuff like that. Um, You know, so she was in demand. Uh, She even up here i believe she did appear on white cliff's solo album mm-hmm. prior to this um but yeah she met ronan marley who is one of the rohan oh uh, rohan sorry yeah. one of the many many children i knew he had kid i didn't realize how many kids he had that, i i didn't know i don't know either i know it's a i'm, a, I'm getting the idea that it's way too many <laughs> that guy fucked oh yeah that oh, guy yeah. fucked. Um, so, yeah, he's a bit of an entrepreneur. And, you know, that led to a romantic relationship. She ended up getting pregnant. So that's one thing that I think has happened around 96, according to Tom. He says uh, that she met him during a 96 tour, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. of, of Fuji's. And he says, cute love triangle between them and Wyclef that seemingly went off for years. Uh, apparently, uh, Wyclef was very unhappy to discover that he wasn't the father of Lawrence's first child, Zion. Uh, because that, that was Rohan's baby. Uh, and this this sort of uh, tumultuous relationship between the two went on for a while. And Lauren kept having kids with all kinds of people. She mm-hmm. has, she's like, it's like her, she really liked being pregnant, it seemed like, almost. Because she even, uh, it's half a joke, but also like she credits a lot of her writing on this record as due to her pregnancy like that's that's all the reason i bought it up yeah was because of how much it impacted this this album and how much like inspiration she got it from yeah yeah a lot of like um and i think uh tom also did some some research about that uh just that whole phenomenon of like uh, i think one thing she said was that she was able to hit notes Mm-hmm. while pregnant that she wasn't able to hit any other time and she she fucking strained her voice trying to reach those same notes after after oh, she, shit. Yeah. and uh there's some information about voices changing um during pregnancy a lot i mean there's a lot of hormonal changes in general so there's some again everything can everything that she says can also be taken with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. she's so unpredictable but there seems to be something there um, I will say White Cliff, and even though he put out his solo album, was very against this album. Oh, yeah, that's right. Probably, you know, if there was that love triangle there, probably due to that. Yeah. Um, but he did eventually come around and offer to produce. Uh, but she said no. And I think her um yeah. standing firm that this is, you know, not a hundred percent her, but for the no. most part. If it was a movie, she is going into this writing, directing, and producing it. It is it is her show, and she held firm on that. Um, well, she did have to settle because New New York definitely 
did a whole bunch. No. And then with the lawsuit was like pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah. But you know, like also I read like they wanted to bring in the RZA to do production, which there's two songs where I'm like, yeah, why didn't you just bring in the, the RZA? But, um, I think that would have been a, a totally completely different album. hundred percent. Yeah. The, the input that producers have, uh, I think when, when you get to name bigger names like that, it is not a light touch. No, exactly. no. If you're bringing in the RZA, you like he's gonna do his thing. You're gonna uh, slap his name on the cover, might as well. It's, it's not that he's trying to take credit, but it's like he's no. that influential in in what he does. And I do, I totally get like her being like, "No, this is my shit. I want it to be the way it is in my head," which is a. I mean, you have to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny enough, this is not that related, but I was. I haven't finished it, but before you got here, I was listening to Rick Rubin uh, talk to Lex Friedman. One of the most fucking. I'm hooked. I'm like staring. Like it's so fucking good. Just hearing how he approaches it. And there's like a lot of things I share in common with Rick Rubin's uh, ethic when it comes to making a thing, a thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like making an album, an album or how you construct it from like inside. I need, I need to check that. Probably his like Paul McCartney. That that as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's brilliant. It's not, it is no coincidence that his track record is is as crazy as it is. Mm -hmm. This man knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He explains it plain as day. Can't talk. And that's not the kind of thing that, again, where Wyclef, if he was going to be a part of this, he's going to put his stamp on it. Because, yeah, she also didn't want this to sound like a Fuji's album. Yeah. She wanted it to sound like Lauren Hill. Um, But, yeah, I think, like, because this album is so like gigantic and iconic, I'm glad she did that. But I also wish there was a world where maybe like down the line where if she did like multiple albums like that, Reza Lauren Hill production or collaboration album, I think would have been real, real interesting. It's just a, mm. a what if scenario. So a little bit more to the, the lead up to the, to the record. There's like, man, <laughs> a cr- According to Tom, he says, it's not the easiest to keep up with all the kids Lauren had in the following years. <laughs> like she had so many kids. It, like, so the first one was Zion. Uh, that was with uh Rohan Marley. And then there's two more is Joshua and John. Uh I think those are all Rohan's Rohan's mm-hmm. kids. And then then there's Zara and then uh, uh Micah Hill or Mika Hill, sorry. Uh don't know how to pronounce that. And some of the fathers are kind of like up in the air. We don't really know who who it is. Uh, this happened like over the course, of, it seems seem kind of like pretty close together too, if you think about it. But uh, within this time, 98 is when everything fucking exploded. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just so many credits on this album with so many producers on this album, so many fucking awards at this album. Like so many That's, things on this one record. It's crazy. I w- like to me, I would say like some of the highlights would be the, the first week sales like broke records for female artists. Um, yeah, it wasn't like 600K in like the first couple of weeks or something like that. Something crazy. She became, it's one of the best selling albums of 1998. Yeah. Um, the critical praise uh, it wasn't going to tour for this, but you know, it was so huge. A world tour was announced and basically just sold out most of the dates immediately. <laughs> Um, and she said she like never she was not really seeking all this she this kind of 
wanted to record an album for herself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was true to her and every everything else, the critical acclaim, the the sales are just like completely out of nowhere. And as of 2021, it went diamond, which, yeah. What What is diamond? That's like, I think you go 10 times platinum that's, and then you get diamond. Geez, so that's Christ. a lot of fucking albums sold. I realized it was over the course of a lot of years but still what a what a fucking crazy accomplishment for any artist uh, to do Christ. so we have so much to talk about uh following the album so we'll do that at the end and now we got to talk about now time for some actual music baby yes. but the stuff that we actually are better at talking about uh so thank you time for all that we're going to go back to some i mean this is a crazy story so as we said 1998 here it is the miseducation of lauren hill It's funny how money changes situation. So I like this song. I don't think it's the best opener, though. I disagree. I think this is an incredible opener. I fucking love it. Finding out, like, I get it because she had to get her shots off against the Fugees and her formal, her former label. So like, she had to get those out the gate. Um, also, you know, a lot of the production took place in Jamaica, so it feeds into that. I, the only thing I don't like about the song is that she's doing that Jamaican accent, mm-hmm. which is because she, she was there. Yeah. Um, I think she also uses the melody from uh, Bomb Bomb by Sister Nancy, which okay. is one of the most sampled reggae songs ever. So before you lower it, the chorus to the song is incredible, and it takes fucking two minutes to get there, and we're not going to do that because that's stupid, but god damn, it's a great chorus. Yeah. I mean... I mean, these are like her bars, though, because I would say the rapping is very selective on this album. Yes. Okay, you're probably yelling. We're not going to get to it. Um, Yeah, so I think it's a good song. I like, you know, fantasy producing. I would have opened it with Two Zion. Oh, I 100% disagree. 100% disagree. The think- fucking Santana song? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. What? Because, like, that sets up where where she is in life better, I think. I mean, both obviously are reflective of who who she was and what she was going through. Right. It's about her son, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that one, this sets the table better. And I think the, like, like, not even, like, joking, but, like, that Santana's playing on it is just like nice. He I, is very nice on it. It yeah. is very it's and it like it made me cringe first listen, but it is it won me won me over a second listen. Like, it's a good song. It's it's very well written, despite I, it being super Latin influenced. It yeah. doesn't feel hokey or anything. Yeah, I just think it has more layers, and then she does like I call it like the mini Ripperton screech at the end where you just like hold those like crazy like uh-huh like for a long time uh reason i like lost one as an opener is because it's high energy it kicks ass it's heavy Mm -hmm. it's pissed off and that's how that's the energy you want 
to to start an album this beefy. Yes. You want to start I'll, in fucking hot. You want to start in powerful. Also, we kind of went, we skipped over it, but the, uh, throughout the album, there is a, um, I forget the guy's name, this guy talking to a, a, a classroom full yeah. of kids and how, what they think love is and how they interpret love. And I'm so glad it was like, an organic thing with real oh yeah kids instead of trying to like replicate it in the studio or it, skits or some shit like that it, it does really f- like feed into this like miss education yeah and like having and it made me think like i don't think anyone like talked to me about love like that as a a kid no like, no well maybe not yeah, yeah. definitely not me I, I, they're probably like a little bit older because they sound like high school it sounds like yeah. high school. um and so those it's not a it's not a concept album but it has that theme running through it mm-hmm. i mean the cover has a desk and then obviously the title and then those snippets like i i don't really like so what they do is they really pad out the album this album is fucking it's 78 minutes 77 minutes and a lot of it is because those little those little conversations and they're tacked at the end of each track instead of as separate mm-hmm. transition tracks and uh i don't know i don't really i don't love it or hate that i think it's just a, a choice um it's usually separated but they're so short too that it doesn't well, they're like 40 seconds to a minute long they're not that short and if, if you combine every single one throughout the whole album it adds another like 10 15 minutes yeah. to the whole album which is pretty lengthy mm-hmm. but the only reason i don't really like them that much is because they're not th- they so i i make this comparison a lot and i'm and uh about queens of the stone age how even though josh homie is now a bona fide psychopath the man knows how to transition songs brilliantly where there's like a little short little snippet of a, of a half song and then it jumps right into the next one or it mm-hmm. bleeds it bleeds in it like the way you transition is is pretty important these they just fade out and they start so it's like they're transition pieces that don't transition they just end mm-hmm. which i feel it lengthens the album uh more than it needs to and it doesn't feel like one cohesive you know river mm-hmm. so to speak as i'm done right, i'm done sorry all right um I did skip over X Factor, and yes. that's where the Wu Tang thing comes in. Yeah, the can all be so simple. It is. It's it like is last it, night, right? Yeah, yeah. It is interesting hearing a, a different take on that sample, where like the Wu Tang version is, you know, it's Wu Tang. It's sure it's is. dirty. It's gritty. We're here. It's a little more bright. It's it's soulful as it very soulful as it should be because so um, song. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know who plays guitar on it, but I'm like, you should this had Santana play I know. guitar on it. Ah, you can't afford it for that long. I, w- I will say I did skip over that. They did bring in a lot of um, people actually playing instruments. and Well, like the main credit, the main people are, are Newark, which is uh, Vada Nobles, Rashim Pugh, uh, Tej Mould. I can't pronounce his name. Te- Te- I can't do it. Sorry. And uh, uh, Yahari Newton or Jahari yeah. Newton. I'm probably Yahari. Um, so that's that's New York. And they did a ton of like the playing on here and because yeah, there are samples, but then there's just as much yes. music playing on here. Yeah, so. that was intentional. Um she she picked out a bunch of instruments that she loved. I I'm blanking on which yeah. ones, but like need they need to be live, mm-hmm. which is a thing I completely understand. You got you got to have it. It does add like this these layers and textures to the albums that that you wouldn't have gotten with just straight samples yes and this is also what this record does that's one of my favorite things in, in mm-hmm. ever is there there's too much to possibly 
pick up on one or two listens. Like there, so many fucking instruments. You could focus That's on probably the, why people keep coming. Yes, back it, to it. It's so much. It's so listenable. You just focus on the background for a while, mm-hmm. and there is inf- just the. Here's a here's a fucking here's a uh, a little game. Focus on just all what? the vocal overdubs. Yeah, the whole there's so many voices popping in and out, doing all this crazy shit. And you, yeah, you could do that for you could this do that one lesson and the next lesson just the strings. Yes, just the percussion. There's that but, much yeah. going on. Um, doo-wop, that thing, obviously yeah. huge, huge hit song. And I, I get why it was picked as the single. It does both singing and rapping yep. real good. Perfectly integrating both. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, why people listen to her and yeah. come there. Uh, I like re I hadn't seen the video in a long time and it's very cool. The way the music video is shot left side of the screen is the sixties, right side of the screen is 1998. But there's not like a bar or anything between it. Mm-hmm. It's like very similar things, like a block party happening, and it looks almost as if it's one scene. It's it's very like you like unique, and I, this totally fits the song. Mm-hmm. This one of those like everything came together for that song. Very fucking good. Um, Superstar, which is one of the ones that. That got one settled of, in the lawsuit where New York apparently helped write. Um, that I mean, it's a lot of it's like a I don't know. It, it, they take a lot of lyrics from the Doors and kind of mix it around. I th- I think that song's one of the low points for me. This because uh, yeah, I, it's a good song. I get that it's a good song, uh, and the arrangements are really fucking good. But I don't know something about it just doesn't doesn't sit I, with me that well. It's, it's to me, it's the Doors thing, like. Um, a few of these songs feel more like ad-libbing, having fun in the studio more than fully fleshed out songs. Uh-huh. And, and that's one of them. And it's, and like the production's always on point. There, yes. There's, there's never like a production, but like some of the lyrics and the, the verses and main courses just feel more like just kind of hanging out, having fun in the studio mm. rather than this is a full fledged. I have an intention with this yeah. particular thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I and it, like I I really was craving at the end of it more rap because she's so fucking good. <laughs> uh, another so fucking another good. thing I'll say is like now people who rap and sing, if you've heard their singing voice, you know what the rapping voice is gonna be like, or vice versa. Yeah, like her rapping voice is so hard and and like yeah. street. Yeah. Compared to her singing voice, they're almost two yeah. different people. Basically, two different. I people. know she's bipolar. That makes all the sense oh, in sure the world. Knows. Um, it's it's yeah, she's impressive in her short, the minimal amount of music she's left behind. Yeah, I, I say that like she's dead. She's still alive, but she's practically dead. She's out of her fucking mind. <laughs> I I didn't even follow up how the rest of that reunion to her when it's I heard it started off on a mess, but uh Yeah, she's uh not the easiest human being to be around, so it seems I would be scared to pay money to see her at a live show. This out of fear if it would actually happen. Well, we have uh there's more follow-ups after mm-hmm. we're done with the record, but uh Final Hour is fucking great, has awesome horns, awesome arrangements. Smooth I, and chill, even though Hill is going wild lyrically. Yes, yes. That is the like rapping song on here. That's yeah. like her finest rapping performance. I like the one-two punch of that with um when it hurts so bad. Uh, I 
don't like that song. It's the first song on the record that I genuinely do not like. They're they're both moodier than other things on here. Um, I enjoy her singing on that one, so that worked for me. Um, I used to love him more. The Wu Tang fucking uh, rules. That might be my favorite song on the album. I it, mean, I, I I truly love that one. It's a also it's yeah it's cool to bring in mary j blyce right yeah who also has the connect she did the song with method man i'm spacing on the name um but yeah this to have two giants of like 90s r&b on on one song is is very cool and that's one thing i'm not particularly in that song but it happens as the album goes on for me because again this is not my brand Mm -hmm. particularly so the vocals I get it. They're very good, Mm -hmm. but they can be a bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Every song, like every single song, it's just so, so much. I think that's why the rapping is so That's why I wanted more rapping. Yes. Because it really does help to space it out. Uh, Not that it's not impressive or good, or if it was, I've listened to it on its own, I wouldn't enjoy it. It's just Mm -hmm. back to back to back. She's just going nuts on every single song. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus. Uh, what was it? What else is here? I mean, there's so much here, but... Uh, um, For... Forgive Them Father? Yeah, that yeah. one... I start feeling the length there, but I think, like, taking a break and, like, second listen coming back, like, another example of, like, the organs and the horns, just awesome but um i i again i don't care for the main course on that but i do i do like that song i, I don't mind it at all i i, I think it's a nice follow-up to I used to love him because it has the same it has the same type of powerful chorus mm-hmm. um oh well, maybe i used to love him has a stronger voice verse than chorus but whatever uh point is it, it i did uh feel like they were like sister songs um every ghetto every city is full funk yes full very, funk stevie wonder organs and everything that's what i wrote big yeah. stevie wonder vibes kind of i know like the music video is loosely tied but it ties into like that block party vibe the album's also mm-hmm. given off a little bit and then one of my personal favorites because i love d'angelo <sighs> Nothing even matters. Mm. Do not like that song. <laughs> Perfect baby making music. It, I will give you that. You're not wrong there. It is real smooth. It's fuck music through uh, and through. And then, yeah, like I said with the Mary J. Blige thing, this to get like two titans of, of R&B soul music. Two titans oh. of fucking is what it is. Hell yeah. And dude, then you, like, who do you think fuck more? Lauren Hill or D'Angelo? Dude. <laughs> dude yeah. We'll never I, know, dude. One, That's a rhetorical question, one, baby. You know what? I'm going to say D'Angelo. This because, you know, the nature of like, like he can kind of be out there a little more as a male. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But also a lot of. You know, you don't have to get pregnant. No, no, time. You're, yeah. You're, but here's and the you thing. can she can have sex while being pregnant, obviously. But that's why I think it might be her. I, because because just because like just to say we're playing, we're playing, she's being safe and she's like mm-hmm. wearing protection. The odds of having that many kids while being protected is all hypothetical. It would have to be a crazy number. Yeah. D'Angelo can just pretend none of it happened. That's true. You never there's some he didn't, ev- he didn't leave a crime scene behind. exactly there's some evidence that she's done it a lot where he has none we know he has we know he has oh have you have you seen that music video no i haven't <laughs> that music video 
I want to do D'Angelo one day. Oh boy. On the podcast, not like do him, do him, but that's not what I heard, baby. You said he's the fuck king, is what I heard, dude. Yeah, I'll, I, yeah, I got a D'Angelo story when I do that. I'd say it now, but Ooh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, everything is everything. Like, I find the the arrangements to be pretty dramatic, but I like it a lot. Oh, like, I really I, heavy I, strings. Like, I love, the, I love the strings. Yeah. I, I love the like the scratching on it. Um, oh, dude, that that scratching I do is is. It's got to be, it's a, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's a sample because I've heard it everywhere. Even yeah. in fucking, was it a uh, Eminem? So fucking, my name is, some, it, yeah. it, might, it might be a popular like the hip really, hop yeah, thing to scratch. The really uh, bottom heavy. Yeah. The yeah. really heavy one. Yeah. There's uh there's ways to do that. And then again, it's just like, she just hit gold on the music videos too. Cause I always thought like what a cool concept it was where they have like a hand come down on the city and when they do the scratches the city <laughs> i have not seen it so i'm, I'm just yeah, it. yeah the city goes back and forth like a record scratch mm. it, it it's just like everything just fucking lined up for all these like perfect things including the music videos uh title track which is it's that's it's not that, the closer but it it's made as though it is the closer and yeah that's another one where it feels more like more ad-lib stuff rather than than a fully fleshed out song to me. i think it's well done but i don't love it either um mm. it, it does feel a little bit underwhelming like writing wise for the the title track and for a closer the mm. way it kind of feels it's because it's a full-on ballad <clears throat> and you know it's big and dramatic the production's great but there's something i don't know something a little off there Mm-hmm. Um, can't take my eyes off you. Oh, a fine cover! It's uh, a great cover. Yeah, it's a it's transformative and it's wonderful. Oh wow! Yeah. I was yeah. not expecting. I mean, I'm for it. Yeah, because I, I, yeah. I don't really don't love this the original. It's a it's a, but it's a classic. It's one yeah. of those songs. It's, I mean, it's fine. Uh, but where you're expecting the butter, 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 yeah, it doesn't do that it doesn't do that it, those those notes are still there but they're just backup vocals yeah and it's a it's a classy subtle way to do it it, it fucking it plays with expectations it's well done and then i think the closing track is probably like this because it's the closing track is very like overlooked because i think it's pretty solid i think it's tell him yeah, yeah. i think it's stronger than uh some of the other songs yep. we covered like superstar very so good. like yeah i kind of feel like it's weird it's a good closer but then also i feel like it deserves a little more appreciation it's i don't think it's a good closer in the way that it's built and mm -hmm. the way that it ends because after it's over you don't really feel like that was like a bookend you wanted uh, yeah, it doesn't have like an epic where the title trick has that epicness to it it's not as good of a song i don't think yeah but it, it has it like it was built to be the closer and I think the, the final two tracks were like hidden tracks or something. Mm -hmm. So they technically. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I think that's why it doesn't have that closer feel, mm -hmm. but it is real pretty. It's super gentle revol revolves around this, uh, this acoustic guitar melody. It's, it's very nice. It's, it's very nice. Yeah. I think it could have been put on earlier in the album or, you know, a little bit more in the forefront. Um, well, yeah, basically track by track. Pretty much. I mean, this is a, such a fucking long album <laughs> and i was exhausted listening to this on my first listen even then i was like yeah this is pretty fucking cool <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah a lot of stuff that happened uh well for the most notable is of course the lawsuit filed by newark apparently a 50 page lawsuit um claiming that they, they should have uh, had writing credits on the album um 
So Tom, our, our history man, says, on this note, it appears to, uh, that there were pressures from the label for Hill to emulate the Prince formula of being writer and producer of everything on the album. At the same time, it seems Hill wanted to be a powerful role model of a strong independent woman in a male-dominated in- industry. So in this matter, we're caught between a rock and a hard place, as he says. Uh, do we sympathize with a group of unsung musicians crushed by the power of the industry-supported megastar? Or do we side with a black woman struggling to make a difference in a brutal white male world? That's actually, it sounds almost like, like it's, it's setting you up, but it's actually, it's kind of a fair question. I mean, they, they recorded and contributed. I've like, we've talked about this on other episodes about how weird and wonky writing credits are. Like, I think, Obviously, it's a little different here because it's a solo act. Yes. Um, but yeah, like I've gone on records with like, if you're in a band and there's four people in your band, I just think it should be one, two, three, four. I think whoever whoever contributes, make those percentages within that contribution. Yeah. So I'm totally on the side of Newark getting credit, 100%. Mm-hmm. That's just the way to, if you contribute, you get the credit. But like, so here's, a, here's an example. I'll use my fucking case as, as an example. Uh, one record that I, that, I, that I fucking made with my old drummer. Uh it was just the two of us making the record, but uh, I wrote all the music and all the, on all the lyrics, but he, he helped arrange it. He helped make the flow of it. He helped bring them, make mm-hmm. them what they are. So I don't know what to do there because it's definitely, it's different because of him. Yes. And you can't, he doesn't get writing credits if he's just arranging and I mm-hmm. can't fabricate that he wrote it because that would also be unfair. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was I, I gave him half credit regardless and just noted that it was arrangements mm-hmm. so it's still in my name it's still my stuff but if anything the happens he, he will yeah. get 50 percent of anything that that makes mm-hmm. just because that's it, it would it, it felt like an even exchange even though i did write more um and so with this uh admitting their contribution entirely is a fucking crime it's like that's insane because you you can hear how deep the album is and you know that they put in a lot as especially for like how huge it ended up becoming which i'm sure that no one was expecting yeah and it's just a kind of a a kick in the balls when you when you see that but also let's not fucking pretend that they wrote the whole goddamn album no like yeah with the you see in the settlement what ended up happening was they got credits on like three songs or something maybe i Mm -hmm. I forget it's like not a lot because ultimately the writing is what gets noted and the writing is pretty cut and dry that i wrote this melody i wrote this thing like even with my thing it's still in my name because Mm -hmm. i wrote the things so that's pretty you can't really wiggle around that uh but if it was like like pressure from the label to be like it's a lot more impressive if you did it all yourself which it is but it's also highly dishonest sure yeah and yeah I, it's just like who who cares like people it's yeah it's one of these weird music label things where it's like people came together and made a rad album let's just give credit where credit's due and move forward at like, least that yes like the, i don't think anyone would be like oh she's less of an artist if that was this up for like I think, well, no, you still see it a lot in pop music, but it seems a little better about songwriting credits. Uh, I think I think it's because of the internet. There's more, mm-hmm. I don't want to say whistleblowers for something so, you know, minute, but, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing where there's gonna, it's going to get around. You can't really like bury it as easily. 
Uh, Tom also adds, he says uh, that suit took over two years to settle, and she ended up report, reportedly paying out over $5 million, judging P.S. I, fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> I'm sure that was pocket change to her. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. If you're if you're a broke musician, I don't know how broke these guys are. I have no idea. But, you know, that's that's not too bad. That's, that's not too not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, but, yeah. There, there's just, a lot more stuff. But go on. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, she just battled her bipolarism, had a huge family after this. Huge family. Um, per- you know, sued. Uh eventually would do a little prison time for tax evasion that well was going to get to that there's a lot more here i don't there's so let's start let's just go in order of of what tom got here because after this album that there's that's when the problems with her voice started coming up and the things i mentioned earlier with the pregnancy and then she would start she would begin to start straining her voice after the pregnancy uh now we're back to the real reality gossip, which, uh, oh my God. Seems a little too. But like they, they did their homework. Yeah. I mean, they may be a little bit chatty and a little bit, you know, sassy about it, but they fucking for sure did that. So this is when she met brother Anthony. I don't even. Oh, you don't know? You don't know oh, brother Anthony? No. Oh, well, hey, let's get into it, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hear about this guy. So this is a quote. This is a quote from, from real reality gossip. The demands from her professional career and the stress from her private life became too much. She began praying to God and believed her prayers were answered in 2000 when she met a rumored cult leader named Brother Anthony. Her friends found Brother Anthony to be very bizarre and thought Lauren was being brainwashed. After meeting Brother Anthony, she abruptly fired her management team and cut ties with her former colleagues and friends. That's a good start to a fucking story, right? That's a good start to things good, good things happening after that. Nothing. Yeah, nothing That's suspicious, suspicious there. there. It's yeah. fine. Move on. So continues. Uh, this then leads to a break from the public eye before her reemergence in May 2001 Essence Award, Essence Awards with her hair chop, chopped off in a strained voice. And you, there's, there's videos. I, I remember that. Yeah, there's videos of her singing uh, later on, even more recently, where her voice is absolutely strained. She's she's hoarse. She's cracking uh, all kinds of stuff. And uh, uh, and then there's the MTV Unplugged special, which I didn't even know there was one. Yeah, that's was I remember that the craziness of that. Yeah, her was a little a little wild. Mm-hmm. Um, like the day before, she ripped her throat and then refused to reschedule. Mm. Uh, which is hey bold, but fucking not good for your voice and the apparently the sales because it, it didn't sell very well mm-hmm. uh, uh sorry i think people were also just like on the full-blown like she's like lost it yeah train like it was this like we don't want you know and she's not like making new music so yeah. it was this like it felt in a very short amount of time like the world had moved on from her yeah, and, and but that's, it's even sadder because you look at the time period. This is one like snipped out of, of a wiki in the early 2000s. Uh, she probably started writing a screenplay about life of Bob Marley, and she was hoping to, pl- to play his wife. And at around the same time, uh, all kinds of all kinds of roles were offered. She was supposed to be Lady Gaga's role in Star is Born. Uh, Obviously would have been made way, way earlier. earlier. Uh, 
the fucking part of Adina in Dream Girls that was played by Beyonce. Damn. Fucking, she was going to be, she was supposed to be Lucy Liu in Charlie's Angels. She was going to play Lucy Liu in Charlie's Angels, dude. All these are huge, huge, huge movies. movies. The fucking Born Identity, the Mexican, eh. uh, the Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolution. She was supposed to be, or was offered to be in all of these. Oh, was she going to be like Jada Pinkett? character in those she would have been more likable that's for sure uh and all the so, so all kinds of shit and i think she turned on a lot because of pregnancy and uh, uh, along with all of the other insane shit going on with the the cultness and the fucking uh the the voice and the the, the lawsuits uh i don't know exactly what happened to brother anthony i don't know what he became of that um but it was uh, <laughs> a, little, a little wild. Uh, so what's going on? Okay. And now here's the other interesting thing. Uh, I forgot about this one. Uh, we hinted at it with the Miss Hill. Mm-hmm. She, uh, I think in 2003, uh, according to Tom, she decided she wanted everyone to refer to her as Miss Hill. She explained the name change in an interview with Essence by saying, I'm Miss Hill because I know I'm a wise woman. That is the respect I deserve. Thoughts. I I don't give a shit. Prince like changed his name to a symbol. Kanye changed his fucking name to Yay. Like I like for musicians, I don't even like I don't even care. If she wants uh, to be called Miss Hill, like whatever, fine. Like for sure. Yeah. If Prince could be named a fucking squiggly, then fine. Uh, I don't give a fuck about what you call yourself. It's it's this is how you know she's crazy when she says, I'm a wise woman. This is the respect I deserve. <laughs> That's where it's like, oh, uh, wait, wait. And then you learn that she started fighting with during uh, the Fuji's reunion in I 2005. Think we talked a little bit about that they, on the Fuji's episode. She was going crazy because they wouldn't call her Miss Hill. Like, they're like, oh, wow. For decades, it's like, you call me Miss Hill, motherfucker. No, that's that's a little. It's one thing if you're like, like when I'm performing and like build and my albums. But yeah. like, if you're asking your friends, your friends yeah. and your cohort, that that's a little bonkers there. Uh, so obviously that that fell apart. Apparently she was almost she was even considering changing her moniker to Empress, which is cooler than Miss Hill to be. Oh, that would have been fair. very cool. Way better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's it's since then it's been a lot of her um kind of in and out. Uh and then here's the part you brought up. Jail. Yep. <laughs> so again, real reality, uh gossip. Laura puts her focus put her focus back into her music. In 2013, she released a track called Neurotic Society just days before she was sentenced. Three months behind bars for an outstanding bill of close to two point three million dollars for unpaid taxes. She was released in October twenty thirteen. Damn, <laughs> this is fucking wild, dude. Oh my god, it yeah. never ends. It just doesn't end. It doesn't end, and yeah, there's been like numerous or like little small like Fuji reunions her, throughout the years. Her doing some solo stuff here yeah. and there. She'll make you know guest appearances on other people's tracks i saw she was on a a, a pusher t track your least favorite episode we covered clips uh so yeah i just i don't it's it's a shame because she obviously has a gift yes what she you know goes back into like a lot of musical artists do but then the 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 mental stuff is just it's wild. It's such a fucking bummer. There's a like, yeah, I don't know. Just like, I don't know. She could 
still technically do something, but man, in all this time, like what could have, what could have been? Yeah. Uh, so Tom decided to do a little extra credit as if he needed to, uh, but with everything that we've already talked about, but he, he decided to watch a speech he gave in 2018 because like, we've been talking so much about her, mm-hmm. like what, well, this is, what does she have to say? And how does this come across? Um, so the, the, the description of the video is like Lauren Hill gives a uh, rare impromptu speech at Jalen Brown, at a Jalen Brown hosted event uh, held on the rooftop of the London hotel on NBA all-star weekend. And uh, so she goes on to give insight on the state of the economy, tech space and more, which I didn't ever think I wanted to hear Lauren <laughs> talk about fucking tech, but whatever. So Tom says a couple of impressions from the video. Lauren comes across uh, very eloquent and lucid. She's very motivational, talks about the contrast between academic and street knowledge and how this pertains to black culture. Uh, and uh, he says, uh, I can totally see why she's an inspirational figure for many. At the same time, I'm a white guy from Australia who grew up in Scotland, living in Germany. <laughs> I can't really talk with any authority about the struggle of black people in the US, particularly black women. That is the most the whitest sentence I've ever heard in my life. Got, <laughs> Australia, Scotland. Kept, it kept getting more and more white. <laughs> says, still, it was encouraging to see her speaking eloquently. I don't know how original her ideas are, but at least she looks on the surface like she hasn't been totally crushed by the music business. Mm-hmm. So she's a spry one, motherfucker. Like she's a, she's oh, fucking. you can't. Can't yeah. hold her down. You can't stop her. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's basically it. I mean, the, the most recent thing was the Fuji's reunion. Which I heard they were certain shows at 3 a.m. or something crazy like that. Really? Which is like, I don't even know how you afford to pay the staff working at the venues for all that fucking overtime. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. That's- yeah. So like, I don't know. And who knows? Who knows? But it's it's this un- it's unfortunate for her fans. And uh, yeah, someone who this created like this watershed album to kind of this be so back and forth like we talked about d'angelo briefly and he has like a brief discography but like when he steps away from music it's like he's not like going on at 3 a.m yeah he's yeah she's a little eccentric yeah so it's just like yeah you hate to see it and this sounds a little bullshit but like especially to someone so like brilliant yeah and who obviously has a lot to offer but so that's one thing that i that i I took away from this album particularly and and her being as wild as she is it's kind of the perfect and only move you can make when you're that chaotic Mm. as a as a person because she she did what most people in the world could never do. She made this fucking incredible giant record that that was not only sound in its in its construction and its artistic value, but everyone lost it over. Everyone was like, "This is the oh my god, a fucking huge financial success." So is yeah, so many things just lined up yeah. perfectly. So. At this point, I mean, hype is a thing. It, mm. She'll never reach that. Like, just it's it's impossible. Just the, how long it's been, how big it was, and her actual abilities now that she's gotten older and her voice isn't the same. It's just impossible. It could be something good and different, sure, but the likelihood of it coming anywhere close to that is minuscule. That the fact that she just did one and stopped immediately at the peak will live on fucking forever. As long as she doesn't fuck it up and release something else. Like it's, it's a special case. It's a special album. You can't fuck it up. You can't touch it. Yeah. I mean, I think she could 
hypothetically do a second album and have this one be untarnished. The album itself will not be ruined. Yeah. But the mystique, the mystique around it will be tarnished. The you fact think that so? yes, because the fact that it's one, it's perfect. It is a, it's pristine. It's one sure. thing that it's a discography and a career that is, that is unlike any other. And it is, it's untouched. It, it, but, and it ended and it ended. And if, if you, because then going, going back to like the D'Angelo thing where like he came out with voodoo and voodoo was this huge fucking album and he stepped away from ever from the music scene forever. And then he, this dropped like black Messiah out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like it just like surprise dropped and like that album slaps like, and it's not similar to voodoo. Mm -hmm. I think that is like the, a similar route she could take. If it was a complete different direction. Yes. It could totally, totally different. Do not try to replicate anything. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could definitely work. Uh, But I think in terms of, if you're making a movie on the album, so to speak, Mm -hmm. like this is as good as it could, it could be. Sure. Like, it could be another great thing if she drops something unexpected and it's wildly different. Mm-hmm. But that this ended like this and that she did all that crazy shit afterward, that's one perfect package. <laughs> that's one perfect thing. <laughs> I mean, I think all her insanity is a great thing for for it, you know, ultimately. Because she's like a a really good, if not one of the best examples of a great artist Who's the worst person to be like a fucking crazy, a, a completely unhinged, psychotic, great artist. Sure. They, there's so many of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> but like, this is a, a really, I mean, it's one of the best. I think it's one of the best examples. Yeah. Of like, <laughs> shit, she can do shit. No one can do and shit. No one should do. I mean, yeah, we read those quotes from Praz where he said, never again will the Fugees get back together. And soon after recording, they did. They sure did. So yeah. that goes, that goes into what you're saying with, there's something about her that even people who say I would never, they go back. I I am certain that she is extremely charismatic in, in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously she's, she's like a star. I'm sure just by being in the room, she has, some people just have that thing where you walk in the room oh, and everybody I, notices. I, and yeah. If they want into like third movies and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. But I bet, and this is not controversial at all, that if you had to hang out with her for a week, you oh, might blow your own brains out. I might. Yeah, I might. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what a fucking album. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Yeah. I'm I'm glad my curiosity paid off and you weren't completely miserable with no. it. And uh no. hell yeah. God Way damn. bigger episode than I thought it would be. Dude, exactly. No, thanks in large part to Tom. Dude, this is his fucking contributions are really opening up yeah. <laughs> a whole a whole layer here. I'm 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 excited. Uh but thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. This was a fun and fucking unpredictable one. If you want to help and support us, like the video. If you like it, share it, leave comments, subscribe, and all that. You can find the entire album, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, uh, in the description. You can also find a place associated with most of our episodes at everyalbumever.com. And and and, and patreon.com yep. slash every album ever uh bonus episodes early access to loose ends episodes discounts on merch uh and if you're tier two baby tier two 
you get to jump the line. You get to actually get us to record. Uh, to, uh, I'm, I'm so tired. <laughs> you get to actually I get us. To, it. I can feel it in your soul. <laughs> I've been talking so much today. <laughs> actually get us to cover the artists you request. Uh, that's where you do it. And uh, we have so many requests. That's the only way realistically that we actually can. So please do that if you would like. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. So follow me on all social media uh, at Pander Monkey. You can follow Alex on Instagram. At Mother Puncher. And you follow our buddy, our history guy, one and only Tom Osmond uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tom Osmond Sounds, uh, as well as his Substack, uh, whatever, Tom Osmond's whatever comes next, and his new record. Tom Osmond, so much for all in a day's work. Uh, you can find links to all those in the description. And please do that. Support him. Support us. Support everything we do here because it's getting, it's only getting better. God damn it. Getting bigger, getting better. But we brought done. So uh, what we going here? You know, it's a big single, but it's just so good. I think I got to do everything is everything. Everything is everything. Hell yeah. So thank you all so much for listening and watching. See ya. Yeah. Extending across the atlas, I begat this Flipping in together on the dirty mattress You can't match this, rapper slash actress More powerful than two Cleopatra's Bomb graffiti on the tomb of Nefertiti MCs ain't ready to take it to the Serengeti My rhymes is heavy like the mind of Sister Betty El Boogie sparks with stars and constellations Then came down for a little conversation Adjacent to the king, fear no human being Roll with cherubims to Nassau Coliseum Now hear this mixture with hip-hop meets scripture Develop a negative into a positive picture Now everything is everything What is meant to be will be And I
it seems. Sometimes it seems. We'll touch that dream. We'll touch that but dream. But things come slow and not at all. They come slow. And the ones on top won't make it stop. So convinced that they might fall. Let's love ourselves and we can't fail. To make a better situation. Spring. Yes.